And today on the show, what one thing the Dolphins need more of against each of their AFC East rivals to play them more consistently in 2023. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. And today on the show, we are diving into the one dynamic that Miami would be well-served to have more of or less of against the New England Patriots, respectively, the Buffalo Bills, respectively, and the New York Jets, respectively, to be a more consistent team in divisional play in 2023. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. If you're not familiar with me, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, apparently also today on the show, if you're watching on YouTube, a cat owner, because uh, we have a little cameo here. And uh, very excited to get into this because it's, it's the measuring stick that's most valuable is your own division. And you can look at the New York Jets and the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills and, and understand the dynamics that are at play uh, for those teams, respectively, and how they match up against the Dolphins. It's not just, oh, well, the Patriots uh, don't score a lot of points. It's how do the Dolphins play the Patriots? How have the Dolphins played the Patriots? And there's been a lot of success there in recent years. Now, the Patriots broke the losing streak in week 17 when Miami went up to Foxborough and played with Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater and did the whole musical chairs thing at quarterback again. And that would be the low-hanging fruit for that conversation, but we're not going to start with the New England Patriots. We're going to start with the New York Jets. And the objective today is to identify what's the one thing Miami needs more or less of to be better and more consistent. And the Jets are really a fascinating team because the Dolphins played the Jets twice this year without Tua Tungvaloa. Tua didn't play the Jets at all. Not one snap against the Jets. And what happened in those games is you, you could look at the Dolphins across a lot of games that were played and say, well, they need to be able to run the ball better. But the Dolphins played the Jets twice and rushed for 137 and 162 yards, respectively. They averaged effectively 150 rushing yards as a team per game against the Jets in two games this season. That's like twice the season average. <laughs> if you're logging those numbers, um, the low-hanging fruit for a lot of it would say, say you need to be able to run the ball better. Now, I think what what is one thing that's been super fascinating, and I'll give this guy a shout-out here because he absolutely deserves it. This has been an absolute masterpiece to work through so far. Bobby Peters put together... The 2022 Miami Dolphins complete offensive manual. Every core concept, the times they were called, yardages that was gained, why they worked, why they didn't, getting into the terminology, getting into the ideology of the offense. It's been very cool to dig into this work from Bobby Peters and see a lot of the same things that you observe on film manifested with data and actual tracking. I, I did that in 2020. I did the note card. I did like, it was like 1200 note cards. I drew every offensive play with the chain Gailey system, diagrammed all the routes, 
tagged the whole thing, put it into a spreadsheet. I did a defensive project last year that was more pass rush oriented as my big Dolphins project on the side. Uh, but I was really thankful to do the Dolphins project and then see that Bobby was doing uh, the Miami Dolphins offense because it, it, it gives you a lot of the same information. And what was really fascinating to me uh, was seeing how what successful run concepts the Dolphins had at their disposal. Weak side zone runs, a.k.a. away from your tight ends, was where the Dolphins had success running the ball. But against the Jets, the Dolphins managed to find ways to consistently get chunk yards and run the ball with success in both games. I think for Miami, aside of having more snaps of Tua Tungvaloa, uh, the thing that that stands out to me is you have to manufacture more turnovers against the New York Jets. You got no turnovers in both games, and that was with Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson playing quarterback. How on earth do you not get a single turnover against Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco across 120 minutes? And you know what? I, I can think of probably four plays in the Jets game, that the Joe Flacco Jets game, that, that probably should have been turnovers right off the top of my head that they didn't get. And sometimes that's just the way the ball bounces. But turnovers in general is going to be a bigger, needs to be a bigger point of emphasis for the Dolphins defense this year. But if you're going to sustain against the Jets, and the Dolphins have had a lot of success against the Jets in recent years. The Jets obviously put 40 points on the board in what was a one-score game in the fourth quarter and a missed field goal and a turnover and a short field and all that BS. You have to take advantage of, of teams that do not play secure football, right? And the Jets came into that final Dolphins game in Week 18 on a five-game losing streak, and they turned the ball over at least twice in four of the five games that they played, and they had a, at least one turnover in every game. The Dolphins played the Jets in Week 5, and the Jets, coming into that Week 5 contest, turned the ball over at least one time in every one of the four games they played previously to start the year, and they turned it over nine times total in four games. So in short, nine turnovers in four games, to start the season, play the Dolphins, no turnovers. To end the season, you have, I'm going to do the quick math here, 10 turnovers in five games before your final game of the season, and then you have no turnovers despite the fact that you had 187 yards total offense, you rushed the ball for 38 yards, you had 11 first downs. So if I'm looking at, at the DNA of the two Jets games, you want more of your starting quarterback? Okay, well, that's, that's that's really up to fate and for Tua to decide and the coaching situations that you put him in for how much contact he's going to take. And you, you need turnovers against Jets, point blank, period. That would be the number one thing that stands out to me when I think about how to improve the showings uh, from 2022 to 2023. Before we go any further on the show, we're going to talk about the Patriots and the Bills still. It's the beginning of the new year. Well, it's not quite the beginning of the new year, but it, it's it's the early portions of the new year. And I know one of my goals is to eat a little healthier this year. I'm a girl dad. Uh, I got a two-year-old at home, 
I always end up stealing some of her snacks. So what I'm trying to do is replace some of whatever she doesn't eat that's left on her plate with Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They are incredibly delicious. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. They're absolutely delicious. It's it's like eating a candy bar is really what Built Bar, when you, you dial it down, that's what the experience is like. Uh, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, but just four grams of sugar. You can get them at uh, you can get them at Walmart or you can get them at Sam's Club. You can get the four bar boxes at Walmart in the pharmacy section, or you can go to Sam's Club, get yourself the big box, the 13 bar box. Make sure you thank us later if you do. My recommendation, churro, cookies and cream, or coconut puffs. Uh, those, those would be the way that I go. But if you're looking to find one of life's best life hacks, Get yourself a box of Bill Bars. So let's talk about the Bills. No, let's talk about the Patriots. So the Dolphins have had significant success against the Patriots in recent years. The Patriots, for what it is worth, uh, finished last season at 8-9. and nine. You look at their last three seasons, they went eight and nine, ten and seven, and seven and nine. They made the playoffs once in twenty twenty one. They lost in the wild card round. They got boat raced by the Buffalo Bills, and uh, it, it's this pretty fascinating foil because the standard was the standard in New England for forever. You know, they, they missed the playoffs in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty two. You have to go back to 2002 to find the last time before the last three seasons that they've missed the playoffs twice. Think about that. They went 9-7 and seven and missed the playoffs in a three-way tie in the AFC East in 2002. And they went 11-5 and five and missed the playoffs when the Dolphins won the AFC East uh, with Chad Pennington and the Wildcat offense. So... For Miami to have the success that they've had against the Patriots over this course of time is obviously helpful. Uh, it's encouraging. And they're doing it uh, against a team that has continued to rank very well defensively in yards and points and turnovers per game and situational football was terrible this year for the Patriots, but has always been a, a, a key for the success that they've had. Um, you'll be stunned, quite frankly, to hear that the Dolphins did turn the Patriots over three times last season. Uh, all of them came in the first matchup of the two teams. Uh, and Miami's defense uh, actually performed quite well uh, in both showings. Uh, the Patriots averaged 77 rushing yards a game in two games. And the Patriots had 271 and 249 yards of offense in those two games, respectively. So uh, Miami didn't concede 300 yards offense to the Patriots in either game. Now they split the season series. Of course, the asterisk here is they played the, the week 17 game with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. And they had the pick six in the second half, and both quarterbacks threw an interception. I think that's, that's the big thing for me. When you play the Patriots, I think the dolphins need to be better at taking pressure off the quarterback. This needs to be a team that you're more consistent controlling the line of scrimmage and being more physical with. 
They've always been a gap control style defense. They're going to be able to get into different formations that take away your primary run concepts. So you got to have a counterpunch off of it. But at the end of the day, playing the Patriots needs to be moving players against their will from point A to point B. You have to be better at doing that. This has to be a team that you're capable of punching in the mouth. And when I think about why the Dolphins had success with Brian Flores against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, I think that was a very critical piece of the puzzle. What's challenging is this offense is not suited or tailored to do that right now. Now, what they do in the offseason is going to be really interesting because I think it's going to change the dynamics of the team notably. But at the end of the day, Miami right now is a speed, finesse, space offense. Speed to the perimeter. Speed on the perimeter. A lot of motion. Trying to gain the perimeter with speed. Sometimes you got to buckle down and you got to be able to punch a team in the mouth. So I think about what you have up front, and I think the Dolphins have the skeleton here to be able to do this and do this successfully. I really do. I think between Teron Armstead, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, Alec Ingold, you've got a, a, a good staple to work with. But you're probably, when you play the Patriots, going to want to live in six-man blocking surfaces, so you need all six or all five offensive linemen to be able to execute their responsibilities because that's what the Patriots will do is they'll stunt and twist and exchange and anticipate and play games with what your pre-snap calls are because they're going to be lined up in certain gaps and then they're going to flip the gaps and the offensive lineman is going to be climbing to nobody and the defensive lineman is going to be slanting into a gap. So now you've got a lineman blocking nobody and you got another guy that crashed and is forcing the, the ball to bounce earlier than it's supposed to. That's what the Patriots do really, really well and have for a really long time. And Bill Belichick's one of the greatest defensive minds in the history of football. So for Miami to play the Patriots more consistently, I think you got to be able to run the ball. I th think you need better personnel up front. I know we mentioned it earlier, but weak side zone runs is where the Dolphins were at their best. I think this, to play the Patriots with success, I, I think this has to be a team that you get up behind and you, you're capable of running between the tackles or you're running at the point of attack. And you can chip away, chip away, chip away. And then you can create the explosive plays. That, for me is obviously easier said than done, uh, but I don't think you're too far off. I think you need a tight end who can play in line. I think you need a right tackle or a left guard. I just think you can't be bad at all three spots again. You, you need to at least have a quality starter in one of the three spot, spots, and you need an adequate starter in two of the three spots at a minimum. I always think it's an unrealistic expectation that Teams are going to be able to go in and check every box for an offseason. Teams are going to be weak everywhere. Every team is going to be weak somewhere, I think is what I'm trying to say. Where are the Dolphins going to choose to be weak? What, what need are we least going to prioritize because we think it's least impactful on us being a better team? I don't know how you look at how things went and make the decision that, that 
the offensive line is where you're just going to gloss it over. And I don't know how you look at the tight end room and say you're just going to gloss that over as well. We're going to talk about the Bills still and, and what the Dolphins need to do to, to be more consistent playing the Buffalo Bills. But before we do, I'm very excited about our new sports betting partner here on the Locked On Network. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So download this FanDuel sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and everything in between. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with same-game parlays, so don't miss the chance to get in on your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on. That is FanDuel.com backslash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So I guess we're going to talk about the Bills now, huh? I think the number one thing the Dolphins are going to need to do to play the Bills more competitively. Their quarters-based defense. I don't know whether or not they're going to be returned to a spread offense or not. Um, they were a spread offense under Brian Dable. They came a little bit more of a condensed-based offense, a little heavier personnel uh, this past year. So they, they're kind of an evolve. It's an evolving and moving target. But I will say this, regardless of what direction the Bills choose to go from a personnel standpoint, what direction the Bills choose to evolve from a, a formations and, and spacing standpoint, I think the number one thing that the Dolphins need to play the Bills better is they need more versatile back seven defenders. This one's easy for me because I reflect on and have reflected for quite a while on why Josh Allen has shredded the Dolphins historically. He's had a lot of success playing Miami. And why is that? Well, it's because the Dolphins play a lot of man, have played a lot of man. They pressure a lot. But you generally know and expect to get certain things and I do think the Dolphins did a wonderful job in stretches of playing the Bills across all three games. But at the end of the day, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So for, for the Patriots, we talked about the offensive line and the, the blocking front. You're only as strong as your weakest link. Well, you had two or three weak links on that six-person chain. If I reflect on the safeties, especially at the end of the year, Javon Holland, and, and, and they tried to find ways to move him around, and he made some impact plays because of it. But you need to be more able to do that. You need to be more able to weaponize Javon Holland when you play the Buffalo Bills. So you need more versatile, dynamic, instinctual players in the back seven. You need linebackers that can run and linebackers that can tackle in the open field. Now, Channing Tindall was supposed to be that. We saw a brief cameo against the Bears, and Thanos snapped his fingers, and he was gone for the rest of the year, except for playing on the kickoff team. That, for me, the Bills are the easy one. Because you, if you go back to what we talked about yesterday, and we talked about 
the quarterback issues with the New York Jets. We talked about the Patriots' math changers. The Patriots don't have math changers. The Dolphins need a couple players to counteract the math-changing component of Josh Allen, the football player. Because if you bring pressure and you don't get home with the first arriving defender, and you usually don't because he's a big, strong dude and he can make that guy miss or he can throw out of the grasp, you've got less bodies on the back end. So I think the Vic Fangio defense is going to be a step in the right direction because it's not going to be so much man coverage where the secondary is playing with their backs turned to the quarterback where he, if he breaks contain, he's often running out the gate. But you need safeties and linebackers that can hit and tackle Josh Allen in the open field. And I know for the New York Jets, they 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 talked about. I talked with Chris Schubert, who's the the producer of the Draft Dudes podcast that I do with Joe Marino, who's Bills fan, myself, and Chris, who's a Jets fan. So um, go figure those three teams after being in our 30s now and living through the entire Patriots dynasty, ended up doing a show called Draft Dudes together. They talked about Jermaine Johnson being the player that was added to the Jets' front to try to help further neutralize Josh Allen. And you know what? Jermaine Johnson had one opportunity this year to make a play against Josh Allen in the open field, and he made it. The Dolphins need that from a coverage perspective to help them counteract the math. Because how they have chosen to play Josh Allen is we're going to bring bodies, we're going to play man, we're going to try to crowd him in the pocket and I thought in the first game that they played, they did a really nice job of for 60 minutes forcing Josh Allen to be patient, 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 patient. They got after him a lot, but they did it with zone coverages and they changed the picture a lot. But then as the second and the third game happened, you, you kind of start to see the picture a little clearer of what the Dolphins defenders are physically capable of doing and how the picture would change based on the personnel. You got to have the kitchen sink. But you got to have the kitchen sink with keeping the same ideology. And I really think that's what stood out about the first game when the Dolphins won that football game. Was they were able to bring numbers at him, but they were able to play zone coverage behind it and force him to play patient football. And they, they quite frankly, dropped three, four interceptions in the course of that football game. they, They got him in the playoff game. And to put him in a position to win the football game, they couldn't quite do it. But, you know, I think the offense moved the ball respectably well in all three contests. You know, they just lost the time of possession battle, you know, 42 minutes to 18 minutes in the first game. So they, they only scored 24 points or 21 points, 21-19. That's, for me, it's more about not getting career numbers every time the dude plays you. And that has, that's accomplished by bringing in Vic Fangio, bring, being a more zone-oriented offense, but then having middle-of-the-field, back-seven defenders that can space the field better and can be more interchangeable so you're not telling on yourself with how you're lining up. That's my thoughts on all three teams in the AFC and what the Dolphins need to play them more consistently in 2023. I hope you guys enjoyed this talk on the AFC East. We're AFC East dialed in. All week long, we've got the NFL Combine starting next week. So we want to take the lay of the land in the division because, as we've said, the first-class ticket to going to the playoffs on any given year is having success within your division because that guarantees you're going to put yourself in a position 
to have enough wins at the end of the year to punch your ticket. Kyle Krabs, make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Fins up. Appreciate you guys watching or listening to the show. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We'll talk with you all again tomorrow.